May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I'm not sure, but perhaps it's just the news cycle, but I have to admit that my thoughts this past week have focused largely on the pattern of suffering that so permeates our world. Seventeen children slaughtered in a Florida high school. Thousands of families grieving the loss of loved ones to opioids. And more than a million Rohingya Muslims forced to flee the murderous regime in Myanmar. On the other hand, maybe it's not the news, but the depressing weather these past several weeks. Gray skies, biting wind, rain, and now perhaps even snow. All of which seem to have focused me on the darker side of life. Or dear friends, possibly it's just Lent. You know, Jesus' journey to an arrest, a trial and a crucifixion. For it's in Lent that we're all reminded of the pain that we confront each and every day. In any case, I'm left to wonder, in a world in which such bitterness, hate, and evil seem to flourish, what, pray tell, would draw God into this mess? Why should God get mixed up with the likes of you and me? In fact, why should God care about us at all? And yet God does. I doubt there is or ever could be a more straightforward or profound statement of this affection than the central verse of this morning's gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Most of us learned this verse in Sunday school and known it since childhood. And in recent years, its scriptural reference, John 3.16, can be seen on placards behind goalposts in football stadiums, basketball nets, and even autographed baseballs. In fact, this text is so familiar that it would be very easy to gloss over it and to skip the rest of the text as well. But if we do, we miss both the depth of God's commitment to and his expectations of you and me. The truth of scripture shared with us this morning is that it narrates the greatest love story ever told. God created all that is, all that ever will be, to be the full expression of goodness of love. When God's people were enslaved in Egypt and later in Babylon, he rescued them. In the face of inequality and injustice, God raised up prophets to demand compassion and mercy. And this morning, in John's Gospel, we hear the declaration that God's love is so deep and so broad that he even gave his son knowing that he would die so that we might live. 
As if to answer our skepticism, John the Evangelist also makes clear in this text that despite the chaos of the world, his son has not been sent to condemn all who participate in it, but to save us from it. Friends, what incredibly good news this is this morning. Despite our flaws, our disobedience, our sinfulness, God still chooses to love us and to rescue us. No questions asked. But it's not the only news John shares this morning. See, we're not simply to be just passive recipients of God's grace. Implicit in and expected from this gift are actions by us, most specifically that you and I believe. Take note of what John says. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Indeed, we should take note of the way in which grace is framed. John does not use the noun faith to describe what God expects of us. Rather, he uses the verb believe, suggesting at least to me that God expects something from us. God expects that our faith is something more than what we think Faith in God's perspective is what we do. In response to God's unprecedented love, we're not only to accept it as an act of faith, but to get out of our pews, go out of these doors, and into the world. To be Christ's presence. To be as Christ would be. For that's how God so loved the world. Unfortunately, today's text doesn't give us a great deal of direction. But I think the general context perhaps points the way. At its core, it focuses our attention on God's unbridled love for all creation. The good and the bad, the familiar and the foreign, the comfortable and the disturbing. As we noted moments ago, scripture is replete with examples of God's care of Israel, even in the form of a bronze serpent on a pole. But to the point of this morning's gospel, scripture also provides a narrative of God's love for the outcast, the marginalized, the other. The Hebrew scriptures, for example, make clear that immigrants and other travelers are to be great with gracious hospitality and welcomed as family, not as enemies. The New Testament abounds with Jesus' care for those whom society has rejected. And following his resurrection, the earliest Christians evangelized not only among fellow Jews, but among Gentiles, among those others. Thus, when, whether for the children of Israel 
the earliest disciples, or Jesus himself, God's unbounded love was made present in the actions of those who believed. Not simply the pronouncement of their faith, not solely their prayers or even their worship, but in their actions. And as John makes plain in this morning's lesson, it is our actions that either confirm the eternal life gained through Jesus' death and resurrection, or their absence condemns us. On this middle Sunday of our Lenten journey, we hear words that are as demanding as they are hopeful. We're reminded of God's unsurpassed love for us in the gift of his Son. We're reminded of Jesus' unambiguous love for us in his death on the cross. And we're reminded of God's expectations of us as his disciples. Perhaps most deeply expressed by the 16th century Spanish mystic, Teresa of Avila. Hear her words. Christ has no body now on earth but yours, no hands but yours, no feet but yours. Yours are the eyes through which to look out Christ's compassion to the world. Yours are the feet with which he is to go about doing good. Yours are the hands with which he is to bless men now. Indeed, God's love knows no bounds, and neither must ours. Christ has no body on earth but yours. May this Lent open your heart and your hands to share that love and presence of Christ.